October 22 is a very significant day in the history of our beginnings. So welcome to a special episode of the Avenus History Podcast. I am here with Kevin Burton, who has uh, has made an, a really fascinating discovery. He has been hunting for a particular painting, which he's going to tell us more about in, in just a second. Now, he is a doctoral candidate at Florida State University. He's going to tell us how he found a particular painting of one of the earliest Seventh-day Adventist churches. Kevin, I really want to say it is the earliest church. Can I say that it's the earliest church? Um, probably not. Um, we have a record, apparently, according to Brian Schreer, we have record that uh, the church, a church building in Jackson, Michigan, was built a year earlier, and apparently a few months before the one in Battle Creek was finished. So it might be the third. Um, but it, it's, it might be the third. Yeah, it's difficult. It's so to say. tempting to call it the first. Well, it says <laughs> the first on the sign when you go there to see it, but everyone always tries to say they're the first. But <laughs> that's 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 fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but 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 this particular church is nevertheless special, mm-hmm. not only because it's one of the earliest, but because it was built by John Byington, right? This was was this on his property? Yes, it was. And the Methodist church that was just across from it was on his property too, so he had both of these churches on his property? No, the Methodist church is not on his property. There is a road that separates them, and that road was the edge of his property. Oh, I see, I see. So so tell us then a little bit more about your journey. You began of February of last year looking for this painting of these two churches, the Adventist church and the Methodist church. So tell me, why haven't we Adventists seen this before? Why is this an interesting discovery for us? Okay, well, yeah, so I came across this, uh, the existence of a painting that, that, that I even found out that it did exist um, in February of, of 2018 because I was doing research on John Byington and the Underground Railroad and abolition, etc. And I came across this article published by the St. Lawrence County Historical Association in their journal called The Quarterly, which is still published. And it was an article published in 1970. And it, uh, it included, of course, information about his abolitionist work, Underground Railroad, et cetera. But then also in, the, in, the, in sort of the middle of that article, they had a couple of pages that had images of um, a couple of church record books that mentioned Byington in it. And then very small at the very bottom of the page, uh, the two full, uh, opposite pages that folded out, they had a, about a one-inch uh, squared photocopy of this painting in there that showed both the Adventist church and the Methodist church, both of which Byington built. Um, and uh, it said that this painting was owned by a, current, uh, by a certain Mrs. Wilcox. It didn't give a first name. It just said Mrs. Wilcox currently owns it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so, so the, the assumption was that this Mrs. Wilcox was somebody, Wilcox was somebody local uh, to the county? I, well, who knows? At the, yeah, at the time? Mean, no, no one. Yeah, I mean, the only clue I possibly had is that the St. Lawrence, you know, County Historical Association had some inkling about it, you know, because they published this article. But of course, that's that's 1970. That's a long time ago. Um, right. And so, yeah, I mean, I had no idea if the if Mrs. Wilcox was a resident of uh, Bucks Bridge or somewhere else in St. Lawrence County, or if she was alive, or if maybe she um, had moved on somewhere else. I mean, how on earth would you would you track down? something in someone's like a private collection in their home, you know? And so nevertheless, I, I said, it's worth trying. 
And so the first place I started was the St. Lawrence County Historical Association, right? They published the article. So I sent them an email with the copy of their own published, you know, their own uh, article so that they could see it easily and said, hey, I'm trying to track down this painting. Do you have any idea about the painting or know who Mrs. Wilcox is or anybody who might know? And they basically said, no, we have no clue about the painting, never heard of a Mrs. Wilcox, and we have no idea how to track her down without the first name. Because um, <laughs> Wilcox, of course, is a pretty common surname. Right, and so right. I said, okay, fine. Now, that's good. And then Brian Strayer's biography of um, John Byington uh, was coming out about that time. He had sent me a copy of his manuscript. Um, I believe it was already out by 2018 when I started the search, um, and I, I see the publication date says 2017. So his book was out, um, and I knew that he didn't include a copy of that picture in his book, and I figured he probably would if he knew about it, if he had a copy, like a nice copy of it, nicer than what I had. And so I said, well, hey, maybe he knows about it and was trying to track it down and couldn't find it. And so I emailed him. And he, he told me that he didn't know what I was talking about. He, didn't, he hadn't seen the painting, didn't, didn't uh, know anything about it, but suggested that I contact Sylvia Nosworthy, um, uh, who teaches at Walla Walla, and she's a descendant of John Byington. And so she knows a lot about, yeah, she knows a lot about the family history. So here's my question um, though, so, for you real quick. Oh, yeah, go ahead. So why then would a descendant of John Byington, I mean, it, it wasn't necessarily a family member who, who painted this painting of oh, the right, churches, yeah. right? So what what might her right, connection be to it? You're just kind of following every every lead that you had. Well, what? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know who else to contact, right? Because I didn't I didn't know where the painting was except for a private residence, and I knew it was Bucksbridge and that Byington had built the churches. And so I thought, hey, maybe people who have done research on Byington might have already known about the painting and tried to track it down themselves. That was the rationale. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And so Strayer Strayer either didn't remember that he had known about it or, or he had, you know, didn't ever come across it. I'm not sure, but he, he wasn't able to help me, but he suggested I talk to her, to uh, Sylvia Nosworthy. And so I did. And she said to me, she said, yeah, I know the painting you're talking about. They actually um, have a copy of it and sell it as a postcard at the Battle Creek Village. And I said, that's fantastic. You know, I could probably get a, a nice enough copy from a postcard to use it in PowerPoints or whatever I want to do with it. You know, maybe put it in my dissertation or something. Um, and so I called the Battle Creek Village. And they're like, we have never heard of this. This would be amazing because we know that there's no, there's no photograph of the Bucksbridge Church. And so they said, please, if you ever find this, let us know. But they're like, yeah, we, we know we don't have this. We've never printed a postcard of this or whatever. And so by that point, I said, well, uh, Dr. Nosworthy must either have misremembered or not really known about the painting or was thinking about something else and got confused. I didn't know what, what the deal was, but I knew that Battle Creek, the Adventist Village, they couldn't help me. And so <clears throat> there it stood for, uh, for several months. And um, it wasn't until I was doing research at the Center for Adventist Research in Berrien Springs in April that I came across another article that mentions John Byington that showed a version of that painting where it chops off the Adventist church in half. <laughs> and nice. so it, it was an article. Yeah, it was an article that appeared in the same publication that by the St. Lawrence County Historical Association, the quarterly. But this one was from 1964. And 
it had a better image sort of, but it, of course it cut off the building I really wanted to see. But it said the name of the artist was um, a Miss Winnie um, Will, uh, Wright. So I, my goodness, I was about to say Wilcox, but no, that's who owned it. <laughs> it, was, it said the artist was Miss Winnie Wright. And, um, and it said in 1964, at least, that the painting was at that time hanging in the Methodist church that is still standing in Bucks Bridge. And I was like, well, hello, there we go. This is a little helpful because even though the painting by 1970 was in a private residence, it was at some point hanging up in the church. And so I said, maybe someone there has seen it or knows about it. And so at that point, I tried to track down the pastor of the church. And I was having a terrible time because as I found out later, that church um, actually closed its doors in December of 2018. Just this past Christmas, they had their Christmas program <clears throat> and then they closed their door because there were only eight members left and they couldn't sustain it anymore. And so they had a Facebook page, but the pastor on that Facebook page had mentioned something about had, had, he had left two years ago. So I'm like, well, I can't call him. Um, and so I kept looking and the only contact information I could find for the church or the past current pastor of the church was on the St. Lawrence University website where they mentioned all the churches in the area. And so they mentioned that church and they mentioned the name of what I believed was the current pastor and his telephone number. And so I gave him a call. And now we're talking about this month, we're talking about June um, that, I, that we're at. So we've fast forwarded. There was a, a period of months where like I didn't know what to check. And so like it wasn't until April that this search got kicked up again. And so... <clears throat> June, it happened a few days ago, a week or two ago, and I called the pastor and he's, he ends up texting me back because I got his voicemail and he says, yeah, I'm not the pastor anymore. I wish I could help you. You know, I would love to, because I, I said I'd like to get in and see the church, you know, because I wanted to see if, you know, there was, I just want to sure, look around, sure. you know, the church that Bynton had built. And, um, and he's like, I wish I could help you, but I'm not the pastor anymore. And I was, <laughs> that was all he said. I was like, Okay. Yeah. And then I sent him another text. I said, well, do you know right. anybody who still right. lives there? Who knows anything? And, um, and so he's like, oh yeah, of course. And then he's like, well, here's, here's the contact for Mike White. He is the, or he was, he said, the, the president of the congregation. And then he says, but I don't know if he still is. And I don't know what this, the current status of the church is because he was the last pastor that had been there and he knows that they had basically right. closed down. So um, last week I called Mike. And I, I asked him if I could see the church. I told him I wanted to see the painting. I didn't get his, I didn't get his, uh, I didn't get him. I just got his voicemail. And so I called him a few days later, got his voicemail again. And so I said, well, I'm getting close to the day Friday. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be able to do this. Well, he called me Thursday uh, this past week, the day before I was going to be able to go there. And he said, um, yeah, I can be there. I can let you in and, uh, and so forth. He, but he said, I had ne I've never heard about the painting. I have no idea about it. And I said, well, drat, you know, <laughs> right. there goes that. But I said, hey, I'd still like to see the church, you know, and go inside of it and see it, you know, stand inside of a building, a church building that John Byington built. That would be cool. And so he said, okay, no problem. Friday after you're done doing research at the St. Lawrence County Historical Association, you know, just meet me there between 6 and 6.30 and I'll let you in. And so I said, great, you know, and I said, I'll call you tomorrow before I get there. And so we hung up and I, I continued to do my research. I was in Syracuse at that time. 
And uh, anyways, and so that was the plan. And I, I went through my day at the St. Lawrence County Historical Association, was getting stuff there and at the county clerk's office. And um, anyways, then it came to closing time. I called him. I, once again, I got a voicemail. <laughs> but I just left him a message and I said, hey, I'm on my way. I'll be there in 10 minutes. And so I got there about 6.15 and no one was there. And so I just started to wait. I went across the road. There's a marker that marks where the Adventist church stood. I took pictures of that. I took pictures of the foundation stones that are still there um, from the church building. And I also took pictures of the outside of, the, of what was the Methodist church um, at the time Byington had built it, um, since became just a community non-denominational church. Um, and I took pictures of that and I waited and I waited and I waited and I waited. Um, I called him like three or four times in the process and about half an hour goes by. And I called him the final time, I think it was a fifth time. And I just left him a message and said, hey, I, I've got to go. Um, I've got a three and a half hour drive to Vermont. Um, and at this point, it was going to be, I would arrive between 10 and 10.30. I said, I'm sorry, I've got to go. I know something must have come up. Maybe we can do this another time. And I told him, thank wow. you anyways, et cetera. And I left. I started driving and I got all the way to the next town uh, of Madrid. Um, and uh, that, it was about five minutes down the road or whatever. And then all of a sudden, my phone rings. And it's Mike. And he says, I'm so sorry. Something came up. I couldn't be there and I can't be there to let you in. He said, but I have contacted another member <clears throat> and she's willing. She can be there in five minutes to let you in. And he gave me her number and I called her and she's like, yeah, I'm just finishing supper, but I can be right over. I live right you know, across the bridge from the church. And so I said, great. I guess I'll, you know, that'd be great. I'd love to see it. And so I, th I didn't mention anything about a painting. I, I just thought I'd, I'd be able to see the church and that was all I was going to do. And it would be worth it to just drive back and see the right. church. <laughs> and so anyways, I did that. I did that. And, and we get there actually right about the same time. And she lets me in and we're just chatting and I'm taking pictures and, and, uh, and, and enjoying it. And <laughs> they still have the Christmas tree up in there from their, from their final service six months ago, et cetera. And I'm, and we're chatting and something comes up about the Adventist church across the street. And she's like, and she says, wow, you know, I have a picture of that, you know? And I said, I said, what? And she's like, yeah, well, it's actually a painting. And I was like, does it show the Adventist church and the Methodist church in the same painting with the bridge in between? And she's like, yeah, that's it. And I was like, you're kidding. And I was like, I've been looking for that for over a year. Oh, she's like, goodness. no, it's hanging in my house. My it's goodness. in my bedroom. And she's like, and I have a picture of the artist, et, et cetera. And I mean, I was like, oh my goodness, can I please see it? Can I take a picture of it? She's like, absolutely, no problem. You know, and so I was right. like, this is this is crazy. And so we finished looking around the we finished looking around the church, and then she says, Oh, and we have another another artist came through and, and tried to copy that, and it's hanging in the church. Really? So there's actually two paintings. And so <clears throat> there are. And that one still is hanging in the church. It's not as nice. It's a lot smaller. It's got a little bit of damage on it where some paint is chipped off in the middle. And they uh, chopped off the Adventist uh, church in half. <laughs> I see. <laughs> and, and so – I took a picture of that one just to get it. I was like, this is interesting. But of course, she had the one that showed the full structure of both. And that's what I wanted to see. So we, we ended up looking around the rest of the church there. And we, she took me right, right across the bridge to her house. And 
um, we went in there and she brought it out and I was like, oh my goodness, it's such a beautiful painting. I, I love the colors. The colors are really nice. I think it's really, really great. Um, and it must date to about the 1880s. I don't know exactly when it was painted, but it probably right about the 1880s. Why do you think it was painted in the 1880s? Um, when John Byington built the church in 1855, he painted it red. In the picture, you see a white church. And we know from records that by at least the mid-1880s, the, paint, the church had been painted white. And so you see it painted white there. In addition to that, the picture of the artist that I was able to hold in my hand, I've done a lot of work on the history of photography, and so I know that the Carta Vista that it was printed on uh, fit the time period of the 1870s. And she was a young, uh, you know, young woman in that, paint, uh, in that picture, and so... She could have done it when she was about that time in the 1870s. It could have been the 1880s, you know, right in there. But the church was torn down in 1900 or right about 1900. So it had to be uh, the 1800s. Oh, and I so see. I know by about uh, 1880 or at least the mid-1880s, it's painted white. <clears throat> and so it's, it's around there. I mean, we don't know the exact dating of the painting. There wasn't any date on it. But nevertheless, um, yeah, nevertheless, she had it. Uh, this is, um, yeah, her name was Susan. She had it. She, she showed me the painting, brought it out. I took, I took several pictures to try to make sure I could get a good one. Um, you know, and it wasn't too hard. The lighting actually outside was perfect to get a pretty nice, uh, picture of it. I took pictures of the back just to see it, you know, it was in its original frame. Um, and then she brought out the picture of the artist, Winnie Wright. And I got, I took a picture of that, um, and the back of it, which has writing from her mother. And Susan's mother, as it turns out, was Mrs. Wilcox. And so the painting just passed from one generation to the next. Wow. <laughs> and apparently this Mrs. Wilcox knew the artist <clears throat> um, in some form or fashion. Um, Susan doesn't know much of the history or the provenance on, on it, but, but she has the, the picture of the artist with her mother's writing on the back that says she painted the painting, et cetera, and she painted two other paintings of other random things that don't have anything to do with um, any Adventist history. It's like flowers or something like that. But anyways, so that was awesome. And so I chatted with them for a while. Um, uh, Susan and her husband gave him my, my business card, um, told him about Brian Strayer's book. I, you know, they were super excited about it. I wanted to want to purchase it so they can understand more about John Byington and, and the buildings there and the Bucksbridge community. And, uh, and that was it. That was the end of, uh, of a long sort of journey in trying to track down that painting. But I mean, it really, to me, like ever since I started doing research on Adventist history, like research of any kind, really, I've noticed that there are times where God just sort of connects dots and, and helps you find things that like you really couldn't find other than just random occurrences and chance. And I don't really believe in chance and random occurrences as a thing. And so I really feel like God sort of orchestrated all of this because I was checked out. I was ready to go. I was I was in my car in Madrid, five minutes away from the town, thinking, I'm not going to get this uh, copy of this painting on this trip. I'm just, I just didn't find it. I'll have to keep looking, you know. And uh, I thought I would just be able to see the inside of this this former Methodist church that's still standing, and that was it. But like every every sort of little piece here, like if God hadn't brought it together, if if Mike had come, for example. And, and let me into the church. And if he had been on time, I would have never seen the painting. I would have had no idea who owns it, even though like the woman who owns it was literally like a hundred yards away. Like her house is a hundred yards away wow. <laughs> to where I was standing, Just wow. you know? 
And so like, yeah, like that kind of thing, like if it hadn't happened that he was late, couldn't make it, whatever came up, I don't, he never told me. If I hadn't left, if he hadn't called me back, which he, he could have called me back like an hour down the road and I would have just said, yeah, I'm sorry. But because I was only five minutes away, I was willing to turn around. And so anyway, there's a lot that like, I don't know, I, I just feel like that was just a, a total God thing to sort of bring that together. And it's really special because um, a few Adventist historians had seen a photocopy, I mean, a photograph taken of that painting in like the 1940s. It was totally black and white. I found it in the archives at Carr, and it was taken at an angle. So like it wasn't straight on and like it, it, it was out of focus and like it was just bad. But nevertheless, um, Henry Henry at the uh, at Carr for the Adventist Digital Library, he gave me a nice high quality scan of that poor quality photograph, and I had that. And I know at least Michael Campbell has, has shared with me uh, today that he had seen that before at some point. But I don't think there's any living Adventist who had ever seen the actual painting. Yeah. Um. You know, in in color and in good focus and just really clear. And so. That's the really special thing about this, because there is no photograph of the Bucksbridge Church that John Byington built. And there is no photograph of the church, the very first one, perhaps, that was built in Jackson, Michigan. And there is no photograph of the first church in, built, built in Battle Creek. What we have is a woodcut engraving of it. And so <clears throat> there really is nothing. Like, all we have is just sort of artist renditions of the one in Battle Creek and now in Bucks Bridge, but we do have something it's, and it's beautiful. It's in color too. And so it's, it's just a really kind of neat connection that gives you a little bit of a perspective about the Bucks Bridge life there, what the community looked like. If you look in the distance of that, of the painting of the picture of the painting, <clears throat> you will see a few, uh, like I think it's two dwellings, two homes and a barn. All three of those structures are still standing there in Bucks Bridge. And so that's something that's kind of neat. And so actually the only structure not still standing in that photograph is the Adventist church. Wow. Interesting. So, uh, it, you're absolutely right. It is a beautiful painting, and I'm going to try to put a picture of it in the show notes uh, so people listening to the podcast can can see it while they're listening. I think that really helps kind of to visualize it. But you're absolutely right. It's a it's a beautiful painting. And as I'm staring at it right now as we're recording, I'm like, this is to me, and maybe I'm the only one who thinks this way, but this is to me in some way uh, a kind of metaphor of early Adventism. I mean, you have these two churches staring at each other across the road. And of course, it's a Methodist church, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and an Adventist church. And the Methodist church, of course, is huge. You know, it looks like it's at least twice, twice mm -hmm. as large as the Adventist church. Um, and there's a, and yep. there's a bridge between them. Now I'm not going to, I'm not going to go off on, <laughs> on some mystical connections there, but I mean, it, you know, obviously a number of our, of our pioneers came out of Methodism and we've kind of retained some Methodist DNA and, in, in, in Adventism, but, mm -hmm. uh, it is a beautiful painting and I am, I am so happy, man, that you found this. My favorite part of your account of this is, is something you didn't say in this interview. You said, uh, when this, when this woman told you it's actually a painting, you said you had extreme excitement. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was over the moon. I certainly was. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I didn't, I mean, I didn't expect it. Of course. You know, I, I had already written it off and said, yep, I'm just not going to see of this. Of course. You know, and so then when she says that, it's like, well, you're kidding. Right. Right. <laughs> well, so, see, now, 
The, yeah, that was it was a the cool unresolved thing. thing for me. The thing I'm wondering about now is okay. So you say that Avenus about whatever in the 40s had obvious some Avenus had obviously seen this enough to to kind of take a take a photo mm-hmm. of it or whatever. The the question is then how yeah, did very yeah poor very one. poor one. <laughs> the question is you know they gotta they gotta work on their iPhone skills. I mean they, we're not accustomed to selfies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The question yeah, is like how did yeah, they yeah. come across it right like. I'm assuming I'm assuming that yeah. the that the artist was not Avenus, right? Was maybe Methodist or maybe just a, a member of the town who who thought it was a pretty thing to paint. And that's a that's a great question. Yeah. She she was she was a temporary resident there. So she didn't even spend her entire life there. I don't know much about her than that. Um she lived in Bruxbridge for a while and then she ended up living and dying elsewhere. And so I don't know if she was an Avenus. My guess right. is no. Right. So, but yeah. But, but, but somehow Avenus yeah. came across this painting mm-hmm. and then, and mm-hmm. then forgot about it. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, it must have been, well, it must have been, been a descendant of Binding because that article that I originally found in 1970 uh, was published by Lillian, uh, or was it Lily? Lillian, I think, is the name Adams. I, I believe that's her name. And she's a descendant of John Byington, and so it accompanied her article. So she must have known about it. And it was probably her or maybe one of her parents or something or grandparents, I don't even know, who had taken a picture of it, maybe. Or could have been some historian. I don't know. I, I mean, how we have no idea who photographed it in the 1940s. And keep that very loose. I don't know exactly when that was photographed. It was somewhere in a, in a very poor, in an age where camera quality was poor. Um, etc. So it could have been like the fifties sure. too. I don't sure. know, but it was not. Uh, well, not a the good painting uh, looks like it's in great shape, and and obviously, as you said, the owner kept it in her bedroom, so obviously, it was very special to her as well. Yep. Um. But, and yep, I'm sure. Is. I mean, I think if somebody knocks on your door, so to speak, and is like, "I'm interested in the painting you have in your house," you're kind of maybe your first hope is that it's worth ten million dollars and it's a Picasso. Uh, <laughs> but I think short of that. This is this has got to be something that she will never forget. Probably so. Probably, Probably so. so. Probably so. She was, um, she was fascinated with the Byington history um, and really wants to get a copy of Brian Steer's book. And so I gave her the information for that so that she can buy it. But of course, the interesting thing, you were talking about metaphors about the Adventist church and the Methodist church with the bridge in between. And the interesting thing about it is it really it really was a bridge. And, uh, and that's sort of true today because Susan, uh, Susan cares about that painting because of the, what was at the time a Methodist church that was her congregation and she was one of the last members of that congregation. I cared about the painting because I'm an Adventist. And so there again, it's something that brought us together. It brought Adventists and Methodists together. And I suspect that even though the churches were apart from one another, even during Byington's time there, and other Adventists who lived there, I would suspect that they had fairly good relationships with their Methodist neighbors. It's a very small, I, if you want to get technical, it's not even, it's, it's of course, Bucksbridge is not a city. It's not a town. It's not a village. And these are all technical terms for New York. It is a hamlet, which basically means just a cluster of farms together. And so it is a hamlet within side of the Township of Potsdam. Wow. <laughs> so a township is already small. So we're talking about way off the beaten path here. So everybody probably knew everybody and was probably on good terms with everybody. Fairly, you know, I mean, 
small communities can also gossip can be issued. You know, there's also problems that can arise, but nevertheless, you probably all get along pretty well. And so I kind of suspect that that's the way it was with the Adventist neighbors um, and their Methodist neighbors. So it's a bridge, not a wall, you know? Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a path to absolutely. walk between. So. Well, Kevin, I'm going to let you go. I just want to thank you so much for your persistence. Uh, and I know I know this was providential. It wasn't all just uh, your pluck and determination. But I feel like without that pluck and determination, this we wouldn't even be sitting here having this conversation right now. So so thank you so much for, for hoofing it out, following up leads. Uh, friends, we have an Avenus Indiana Jones here. And, uh, man, blessings to you in your research. And I hope you have a good, we're recording this on Sabbath. I hope you have a good rest of your Sabbath. And thanks for taking the time to tell us a little bit about your story. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. And before we go, I just want to say the moral of this story for me is that Adventist history is not done. We are still learning things. We are still exploring things. So if you are listening to this and you have a passion for Adventist history, you have an interest in Adventist history, and if you are thinking that every book has already been written, that we know all there is to know about our pioneers, then let me just tell you that Kevin Burton was here today to tell you that you're wrong, that there is still plenty to learn. So get out there, be curious, be determined. You saw today what it takes. So if there's a teenager, a 20-something, a 50-year-old, somebody who just has a passion for Adventist history, can I just preach at the end of this interview and say, this was for you. This was for you. Now, if you just enjoy hearing the stories, if you just enjoy learning Adventist history, that's fine. I hope you enjoyed it. It was a cool story. But there may be some out there who is part of the next generation to be a historian, to do this professionally. In some way, shape, or form, this was for you. So take it, grab it, run with it, and I will see you next time. (music) 